0: Welcome to The Upward Journey, the podcast ministry of Upward Christian Fellowship in Flat Rock, North Carolina. Hope, joy, peace, love. They sound wonderful, don't they? Things all of us would say we would want. Yet during the holidays, they can feel more distant than any traveling we could ever do. So what's the remedy? How do we experience them? How can we know the Christ of Christmas and let Him make a difference in our lives? The answer might surprise you. It's Advent. And we're not talking about a fun calendar filled with candy. We're talking about a season of expectation fulfilled in the earth's only true source of hope. So let's explore how that happens together in our current series, Unwrapping Christmas, as we continue the Upward Journey. Well, Merry Christmas, Upward. It is so good to see you guys on this beautiful Christmas Eve. Aren't you glad to be together on Christmas Eve with family? This is a time for being together with the ones you love the most, and I am certainly with the ones that I love the most here today. Love you guys. It's so fun to be with you on Christmas Eve. I'm at a little disadvantage today. I only have 20 minutes to talk to you today, and you know how impossible that is for me. My wife would not let me wear my black hoodie today. She said, it is Christmas Eve, and you're not wearing that. So, I feel a little lost as well. But we're going to make it through. Now, time for confession. How many have already eaten too much today? How many today already? I'm going to confess to both of these questions. I have already eaten more than I should today. I don't need to eat anything else for the rest of the day. But when I get out of here about seven o'clock, I'm going to start all over again like there's no tomorrow. How many have already gotten gifts, your Christmas gift? You've given and received your Christmas gifts already. I have to confess that as well. There's only like a few of us, guys. we got to stick together. We're the guilty parties here. We love to give and receive gifts. It's been so wonderful to give and receive gifts. Let me tell you something wonderful I figured out. When your kids get married and get a job, they give better gifts. Hallelujah. I got some good gifts from my kids this year because they have jobs. (laughs) I never knew Christmas could be like that. Yes. (laughs) We know that the reason we give and receive gifts at Christmas is because we are celebrating the greatest gift that was ever given the gift of God's only son, Jesus Christ, who was given for you and for me. And I just wonder how many people in the building today can say I'm thankful that God gave the gift of his son, Jesus Christ, so that I might have life, so that I might have joy, so that I might live a fruitful life on this earth. I was watching something this morning, an old 1960s sitcom, and it was Gomer Pyle. Anybody like Gomer Pyle? Anybody remember Gomer I can talk like Gomer. In fact, somebody said, that's natural. You already do talk like Gomer. It's not an accent. Uh, Sergeant Carter gave his girlfriend a fur. And it was like a scarf. And she had it around her neck. And they went dancing. And he'd got it really cheap. And so she starts dancing and twirling that thing around. And all all of a sudden, fur started flying all over the dance floor and the sergeant realized he'd bought a counterfeit gift. I want you to understand this, the greatest gift ever given to humanity is Jesus Christ. The Bible said, "For God so loved, John 3:16, God so loved that he gave. He so loved the world that he gave his only son so that whoever believes in his only son should not perish." but should have eternal life. And I'm thankful that I know the real Jesus Christ, that He has come into my life, transformed my heart, my life, my way of living, given me hope, set me free from myself, and put my life on a good course. Thankful I know Jesus. But there's a counterfeit Jesus out there. There's a fake Jesus. That's... It's religious Jesus. Did you know that? There's a religious Jesus and there's a real Jesus. And I figured this out just this year. This is a revelation in my 53rd year of life. It's been revealed to me that there is a song about the counterfeit Jesus. It goes like this You better watch out. Now I know what you're thinking. Pastor Andy, that song is about Santa Claus. But as I listened to this song recently, and Pastor Matt alluded to it last week when he preached, and I thought the whole time, that's my Christmas Eve message, stay away, Pastor Matt. But I got to thinking about the song, Santa Claus is Coming to Town. And I thought for a minute, if you just switch out and put Jesus in for Santa Claus, you have an anthem a theme song for religious Jesus. Amen. You better watch out. Religious Jesus is lurking around the corner somewhere, watching to see if you might do something wrong. Anybody ever heard of that Jesus? He's always trying to catch you. Look out. You better... Wa- I'm, I'm going to sing a lot during this 20 minutes, so just brace yourself. <laughs> you better not cry. Religious Jesus says, suppress your emotions, suppress your sadness, swallow your grief, and put on a big plastic smile. I've got victory in Jesus. You better not cry. You better not pout. I'm telling you Why? Jesus is coming back to town, and he's ticked off. I think the song Santa Claus is Coming to Town was written by desperate parents who had lost all control of their children, and they needed something to sing just to get those kids to behave one day out of the year. In fact, I think religious Jesus was written... And created by desperate leaders who wanted to manipulate and to control people and to get them to act just like they wanted them to act. And they thought by creating some concept of Jesus that was fearful that they could coerce people into behaving like they wanted them to behave. Now, believe me, I know Jesus is coming back, and I'm glad Jesus is coming back. I believe in the return of Jesus Christ, and the Bible teaches that Jesus will return again. But if you're following religious Jesus, the return is kind of scary. He's coming. You ever heard this? If you, come, you may not come from my tradition at all, but if you do mind, you'll get this. He's coming back as a thief in the night. You better get ready. And you better be ready. Because if he comes back and you're doing anything wrong, you're going to get your head cut off. (laughs) Believe me. Matt talked about it, scaring people into following Jesus. I realized this growing up. The return of Jesus was a scary thing. When the Bible teaches it as a joyous thing. You ready? I'm going to sing again. He's making a list. I got help. He's checking it twice. Going to find out who's naughty and nice. I love having the kids in here. They help me preach. Religious Jesus is just concerned with whether you're on the naughty list or the nice list. You know, that's what religion is. It's through our efforts trying to get ourselves on the nice list and get off the naughty list somehow. If I can move myself somehow through religion from naughty to nice, maybe I'll deserve all this. More singing. He sees you when you're... Sleeping, that's a little creepy. (laughs) A little creepy. Any of y'all, any parents here with little kids, have they ever come into your bedroom and just stood beside your bed when you were asleep and stood there like this, (laughs) staring at you? If you haven't experienced that, you will one day. They're gonna come in the bedroom and stand over you, and you will wake up and see their face and scream and they will scream, and you will cry, and it will be a terrible moment in the middle of the night, and you'll be up half the night trying to reconcile all that. That will happen to you. Can I get any amens for anybody that's already happened to you? Boy, we're doing something now. Jesus, they used to tell me that when I was a kid. Jesus is watching over you while you sleep. That freaked me out. wake up, I'm like, here, a bump. Is that you, Jesus? Are you here somewhere? He sees you when you're asleep. He knows when you're, he knows if you've been bad or good. So be good for good, for goodness sake. That's the ultimate message of religion. Be good. Do the right thing. Straighten up because Jesus is coming back. And if you're missing the mark, he's gonna get you. See, religion takes a gift. And makes it a burden. Religion takes something that is freely given to us. And makes it a duty. An obligation. A law. A standard that somehow in our strength we have to live up to. And that's religious Jesus. But you'll be glad to know. That's not the real Jesus. I want to tell you who the real Jesus is. The Apostle Paul wrote about him in Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 and 9. I want you to read this because I want you to hear this because I want you to understand that salvation is a gift. It's nothing you can earn, it's nothing you can ever deserve. It's a gift. Paul said this God saved you by his grace when you believed. God saved you by his grace when you believed. And then he said this, and you can't take credit for this. It is a gift from God. I have one word I want you to take away on this Christmas Eve is that being saved, being a Christian is a gift that is given to you by God that you cannot earn, that you cannot deserve, that you can never work hard enough to get. It is simply something God looks at you and He loves you, not because of what's in you, but because of who He is. You open your heart to it by faith and receive it, and He comes in and gives it to you when you and I do not deserve it. It says we are... Saved. Maybe you've wondered what that word meant. What does it mean to be saved? Well, I just want to tell you, I got saved from myself. Because I was doing things that that were destroying my life. Anybody ever been in this situation? You were doing things that were hurting your life and you knew it in your head and you knew it in your heart and you knew... I've got to straighten this out. I shouldn't be doing these things. I shouldn't be going to these places. I, this, this is messing my life up. But has anyone else ever come to that place of realizing what you needed to do, but you couldn't stop doing the things that you knew you needed to stop? Anybody in the building ever been there? Six of us have been there. Thank God I've really got a big audience here tonight. Uh, Have you ever honestly, let's just be honest, how many have ever tried to stop doing something you knew was bad for you and you just did not have the power to stop? The Bible calls that the law of sin and death. And when we're commanded to do something, our sinful nature responds to that with rebellion and wants to continue to do that. I got saved for me! Because the truth is this, my friends, without Jesus, we're all on the naughty list. Without Jesus, we're all headed the wrong direction. Without Jesus, I am bound by sin, and I'm going to sin. I'm going to continue to destroy my life. But when I said yes to Him, and He came into my my heart, He saved me from my own stubbornness. I know y'all think I'm so sweet. I know you just tell me all the time how great I am and how sweet I am, and you just can't imagine me being stubborn. Isn't that right? Nobody's saying amen to that. You just can't imagine. I'm so stubborn, but he saved me from me. Then he said, you got saved by the grace of God. You know what grace means? Grace means you can't earn this. Grace means you cannot deserve this. See, out in the world, there's a conception of religious Jesus, and they think, if I can get my life to a point to where I stop doing this many things, then I can kind of start going to church. If I can just quit this this much stuff, then I'll be worthy to go to church, and then maybe they'll help me take a few more steps, and then maybe I can get my life straightened out. Oh, friends, if you're believing that, you've missed the mark entirely. It is by grace you are saved. It means you can't make it happen. You can't earn it. You can't do it. You can't deserve it. I was talking with a little girl the other day, and I said, what do you want for Christmas? She said, I I asked mama for this, and it costs $100. And here I got all religious with her. I said, have you been good enough for $100? She said, I'm really not sure. <laughs> Let me just tell you, I know I haven't been good enough to earn what Jesus has done for me. There is nothing I could do to be good enough. See, the good works that we do come out of a relationship with Jesus. They don't lead us into a relationship with Jesus. We're seeing some good things happen. I love part of Christmas Eve is we get to announce our Christmas offering and what we were able to do for Christmas this year. If you don't know about it, one week a year, we give away everything that comes in into our community and into our world. We don't keep a penny of it, we give it away. This year upward, in one week, you guys gave away $86,000. $86,000 went out of this place, and I'm so thrilled to announce that to you. That's one of the greatest joys We were able to touch 211 nursing home residents in Henderson County that do not get a visit or a gift at Christmas. They got a visit and a gift this year because of your generosity. We were able to go in 48 countries and give Christmas to 3,000 children. And we gave so much over what they needed that they've put money in the bank to do it again next year. This year's Christmas offering is gonna do it again next year. We were able to go into 22 or 23 public schools in Henderson County. Every public school in Henderson County, the principal got a visit, and we handed them more than $1,000 and said, go touch your most underprivileged children. Any kids you have that don't have Christmas this year, make sure they do. And there were tears, and kids were touched by your generosity this year. Isn't that wonderful to be a part of something like that? I love being a part of that. But do you know something? That generosity didn't get any of us closer to heaven. Because we don't do these things to earn our salvation. We do them because we've received such a great gift and we just can't help but passing on the love that Jesus has put in our hearts. How does this gift come into my life? Paul said, by grace you are saved through faith. That means through your belief in Jesus Christ, this gift comes into your life. And you simply come to Jesus and say, Jesus, as hard as it is to imagine, I believe that you love me that way. And I believe that you want to save me from myself and my destructive nature and my bad habits. And we've all got them. And Jesus, I trust you today to come into my life and turn my life around for you. Greatest example of this I ever heard illustrations I had a friend we were in college together and he was really struggling with something in his life and he told me he had a dream he had a dad who was a preacher and he always wanted to please his dad and he struggled with that and he said Andy I want to tell you I've had a dream and it really touched my life and his dream touched my heart and I've shared it many times He said, I dreamed I was in my dorm room. We lived in a high-rise dorm that had 12 stories in it. And uh, Anybody ever been in a college dorm room? Anybody ever lived in a college dorm room? Have you ever walked into a college dorm room specifically on the boys' side? You have no idea how many pizza boxes and cans can be in one room. Anybody know what I'm talking about? You guys look so holy right now. You just, it's Christmas, right? He said, we had absolutely trashed my room in the dream. The room was absolutely trashed. And I got a call from downstairs that my dad was here. And he said, I told the front desk, keep him down there. Keep him down there while I clean my room. And he was struggling to get rid of all the pizza boxes and all the cans and all the evidence. Y'all act like you have no idea what I'm talking about. I just can't imagine that. I've I've never been in that world, Pastor. Yeah, you're lying. Um, He's getting rid of all the evidence of what's going on in there. When all of a sudden he hears a knock at his door. This is all in his dream. And he looks out the door and it's his dad. And his dad says, son, can I come in? He said, dad, let me clean up my room first. And he said, in the dream, his dad said, son, you're my son. I don't care what mess you have. If you'll let me in, I'll help you clean it up. And I thought, that is so like Jesus. For some of my life, I was in that dorm room trying to clean it up. And I was really hearing about Jesus, but I was trying to keep him downstairs because I didn't want him to see my mess. And I tried to keep him out when all the time he was knocking at the door of my heart saying, son, if you'll open the door, I'll come in. And I'll help you clean up. Amen. Amen. Can we just invite Jesus to come in and help us clean up? Can we just by faith this Christmas Eve just say yes to Him and let Him be the Lord of our lives? I want to pray right now. Jesus, thank You so much for this day. Thank You for this moment. Thank You for Your Word. And we ask You today to do a work in our hearts that no one else can do and nothing else can do. Come into our hearts. Be our Savior. Be our Lord. We we receive You today. Thank you for that assurance. Thank you for the power of your Holy Spirit that comes in to make eternal change in our lives today. Amen. Matthew, Would you bow with me right now? What a powerful moment. On the eve of this great holiday, when we celebrate the greatest gift that's ever been given, you have an opportunity right now to lay down your burdens. To stop fighting, to stop struggling. To stop trying to do it yourself. And to just say, Jesus, I'm yours. Jesus, I say yes to you. I give up my own struggle. I give up my own fight. I can't do this by myself. Jesus, I ask you to give me that free gift. Eternal life in you wonder how many in this building today with heads bowed and eyes closed i'm not going to embarrass anybody i wonder how many would just lift a hand up right now where i can see it and say i'm saying yes to jesus right now pastor can i see those hands right now yep thank you so much thank you so much thank you so much oh i missed a bunch of them thank you so much oh i've seen some go up and down folks can we just really give a praise for that right now that was sort of mediocre Can we give these people a huge encouragement? You have made the greatest decision today you will ever make to say yes to Him. We want to pray with you right now. It's not a magic prayer. These are not magic words. We just want to lead you in a prayer of saying yes to Jesus as your Savior and Lord. And the church is going to help us pray. Pray this prayer with us. Lord Jesus, thank you for loving me for dying for me for the free gift of eternal life I give up Jesus I stop fighting I stop trying to win this battle alone and I ask you today come into my heart forgive my sins and from this day forward be my Savior and my Lord. I give my life to you. Amen, amen, amen. Thanks so much for listening to this week's Upward Journey. If you would like to find out more about Upward Christian Fellowship in Flat Rock, North Carolina, you can look up our website at ucf.cc or like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Fellowship. We invite you to join us next week as we continue The Upward Journey.